everybody, and welcome to Pushing Buttons, now proudly a part of the Geek Freaks podcast station. I am Kevin. And I'm Kyle. And Pushing Buttons is a podcast that, I guess I'm doing this part, <laughs> Pushing Buttons is a podcast that we talk about a, uh, a specific topic within video games and give our ideas and opinions on said topic, and we usually don't agree, so hence the name of the, the yep, uh, hence the name of the podcast, Pushing Buttons. Um... Yeah, we did this podcast about a couple years back uh, with our friend Robert. He was our third man at the time, but he's not joining us for this, unfortunately. Um, yeah, now with Frank as our producer, I think this is going to be a fun time to get back into the old ways, the old groove of pushing buttons and talk about some video games and have have a blast while doing it. I think uh, what I'm most looking forward to is just getting back into it, like just getting into a hot debate pushing each other's buttons, saving topics for other times. Oh man, that's a that's a classic right there. Always. And of course, the good old tried and true. What have you been up to the past two weeks? <laughs> On that note, well, today we're going to be talking about uh, games that we that kept us uh, kept us sane, essentially, during quarantine for the past 16 months, give or take. Um, normally, this is when we'd be asked, I'd be asking, what have you been up to the last two weeks? But hey, Kyle. What have you been up to the last 112 weeks? 112 weeks. I uh, counted. It's been about 112, 112 say, weeks. <laughs> I was going to say a year and a half, but that works too. Where <laughs> <laughs> uh, to begin, really? Like, let's let's talk about what games we've been we've been playing recently, like the recent games, and then like we can, this year. Yeah, yeah. The okay. last as the pandemic's starting to wind down, we're starting to get to. Uh, the games that are like probably in the furthest reaches of our backlog are games that we haven't gotten to that we kind of wanted to get into. What have you been playing recently? Well, I haven't really dived into anything recent backlog wise. I did check out Resident Evil 8. I'm a huge fan of that franchise. Uh, I love horror games in general. And I played Resident Evil 7 again to get ready for Resident Evil 8. And after that, I finally got around to playing the Resident Evil 3 remake which you know wasn't really as good as the Resident Evil 2 remake but I had fun with it regardless and Resident Evil 8 overall was just a fantastic game it felt more like a linear theme park ride than an actual <laughs> full-blown like I guess like a survival horror game I got you. basically it's just a bunch of action set piece, uh, pieces pardon me and uh just, you know, some good haunts here and there. Like, I don't know if you've heard about the haunted house segment of the game, the mansion, but no, I can't no remember idea. the name of it now. The Ben Viento mansion, but it okay. was really, really awesome. I enjoyed that immensely. What is it about Resident Evil that appeals to you the most, do you think? It's a lot of things, really. Like, uh, when I was, a, you know, before being exposed to the franchise, I would watch my older brother play it and he would rent a PlayStation from the local, whatever it was called back then, <laughs> not blockbuster, but something else. The mom and pop shops, the Basically. local ones. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think for us, it was video Rama. Way <laughs> That's back a when. great name. Yeah. It was a small little place with, you know, VHS, uh, VHS tapes all over and gummies that you could, scoop up and put in a brown bag and walk home with but uh it was just a mystique like the lore the 
atmosphere of the game. I still remember that first time the zombie turned its head in the first game on the original PlayStation. Like that image will always be with me. And it's just, you know, like its name, it's evolved over time. Like it's constantly evolving as a franchise, which is what I like to see. How many of those games have they done remasters or remakes of so far? <laughs> uh, of, well, they, of specifically the Resident Evil franchise. Well, the biggest one was the GameCube remake of the first game. That was what I think accelerated the popularity of the genre because they had the original three games and I think they had Code Veronica on Dreamcast. And then when the GameCube came out, they remade Resident Evil 1 and it was still to this day one of the best Resident Evil games. And they also remade 2 and 3 recently with the same over-the-shoulder perspective as Resident Evil 4, 5, and 6. And as far as I'm aware, that's all the remakes they've done so far. With talks of now Resident Evil 4 being remade, which will be interesting. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, do do the remakes typically hold up to I would what say you so. remember of the originals? Well, they're definitely different. Like they're not going to be the same experience. Absolutely. Um, but this like the soul is there, if I can put that into perspective for you. Okay, I gotcha. The same feeling, the same generalized feeling of horror and creepiness, but diff- remastered for a, a modern era. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I've been playing two games recently, uh, one a little more recent than the other, but I don't know how or why this happened, but I got super into Power Wash Simulator. <laughs> I, it's probably something that you've seen on Twitch. You a do lot a of lot people, of cooking simulator stuff too, don't you? Cooking sim was great. Yeah. Uh, they, there's a baking simulator. There's now a safe cracking simulator for like three safe bucks cracking? on Steam. Yeah, it, it looks pretty legit too. I read some of the reviews on that and it, it seems like it's a pretty legit safe cracking simulator. It sounds great. Hmm. But there's lawn mowing simulator. There's, uh, man, there's, I think there's an alchemy simulator that I'm super interested in actually trying to play when it comes out, but that'd uh, be better in VR. Man, that's uh, like a whole new genre, isn't it? It's, it's been, <laughs> it's been booming the last couple of years. And I think the yeah. pandemic kind of added to it because a simple thing like, power washing i've power washed stuff i use a power washer at work sometimes and it's it's kind of cool your (laughs) arms go numb after like you know an hour of shaking (laughs) with high pressure water but something about it in a video game is just so peaceful it's just Mm. seeing this thing is just full of muck and grime and stuff everywhere and you're just slowly taking a little power washer to it just for an hour (laughs) cleaning every little nook and cranny of it. it's satisfying to me, it's as satisfying as like getting all the collectibles in a Super Mario, like the Super Mario 64, getting all the stars. It's it's kind of like that to me for some reason. Well, I can't speak to being a heart surgeon simulator, but that oh, game was sh- just panic inducing. I don't see that as relaxing. <laughs> OK, so surgeon surgeon simulator was a lot different because it was meant to be kind of like co-op or those other games that were. You have to hit the right key at the right time and turn your mouse at the right angle to do the right thing. And it was meant to be less of a simulator and more of a patience tester, I mm. think is what it was. Like if if you ever play those, the the actual simulator games are definitely a lot more simulatory. 
simulation city. <laughs> There's more simulation to the newer ones than there is the older ones for sure, or the the wacky ones. But I also, and this is kind of in my wheelhouse, but more recently, definitely outside my wheelhouse. I've been playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Oh, you have? Yeah, and I gotta say, it's 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 definitely Assassin's Creed. It's taken that Origins and Odyssey feel, but through it in like a Norse world. So you're mm. you're a Viking. And it's 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 got that badass feeling to it. And if you're waiting for the next God of War game, this this one's it's not as fun as God of War. There's a lot more collectibles and stuff in it like Assassin's Creed is want to have. But it's it's a good game. It's beautiful. Like I've I think I posted a couple screenshots. Maybe I didn't. I don't remember. But uh, if I didn't, I'm going to over on the the Geek Freaks discord channel, which I highly recommend joining because it's a. It's, it's fun conversing. Over it's a there, great place for good times for geeks and freaks geeks and nerds and freaks. to hang out. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a really cool game. And I've mostly avoided Ubisoft games for reasons that we've talked about on other episodes of Geek Freaks in the past. And even before then, on old episodes of Pushing Buttons back in the day, um, Ubisoft is a shit company run by shit people. Yeah, but their the, reputation is in the shitter right now. Yeah, and as it deserves to be. Um, but their games, though, like the people on the ground floor making those games, they they put a lot of work and a lot of effort into that stuff. And I imagine so. Yeah, I mean, the passion definitely comes through. It, the The photo mode in that game, I don't use photo modes very often, and that that might be a different topic for a different time. But <laughs> I actually use the photo mode in that game to take some pictures because the scenery is just stunning and. I've got an okay computer. It's a, a 2080 graphics card with an i7-9770 CPU. So it's it's a decent rig. Mm-hmm. But the, the scenery in those still shots is just gorgeous. And it's not as wacky as the photo mode in God of War where you can like make him do like funny poses and stuff. <laughs> that's that's all fun for shits and giggles. But the photo mode in Assassin's Creed Valhalla is perfect for just taking just stunning imagery from the game and it's a testament to the the people that work at, at the the ground level floor of of ubisoft i always wanted to check out the discovery tours i've heard those are really fun to do i did the discovery tour in origins the the yeah. ancient egyptian one and mm. I, I got bored with it after a little bit because it felt less like a, an interactive study course and more like a powerpoint presentation so basically like visiting a museum in real life yeah, kind of, with a little <laughs> less interaction, oddly enough. Uh, you'd expect more interactivity out of a video game version of that. Mm. I would rather go to an ancient Egyptian museum. I'd probably ask them where their Stargate is, honestly. But Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, naturally. And we're us away from this timeline, right? Or this universe. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. But there have been games throughout the last uh, the last year or so specifically that cut that kept us company through the pandemic and that's what we're going to talk about a lot today and i for me personally i know it was a lot of backlog games mixed with a lot of games that i was already playing that i had kind of put on the back burner why don't you start us off kyle what what kind of games were you like what specifically what games were you playing while you were well, in quarantine I, I think it's important to establish you know when this thing actually started because there's multiple points of when that would be i would say january 2020 okay and i'm basing this off of my 
recently played in Steam, so hmm. take that as you will. Right. Um, I actually started off playing a game I don't really dabble in too much. It's a music rhythm style game, and it was called Sayonara Wild Hearts. And man, that was a trip. I really enjoyed it. It really took me out of you know everything going on today, or I guess back then. I should say <laughs> still today even, but yeah, yeah really, I got yeah. you. And uh, I just really enjoyed the music and the visuals. And I even went so far as, you know, getting everything I could collect in it, hundred percent in the game. Like I just really enjoyed the aesthetic of it. Like it was just really pleasant to experience. Answer this question for me. Cause I know based on our uh, pushing buttons history that when it comes to you, hundred percent in a game, you like to look up guides. Did you do that for this or did you did I find everything on your own? Did you Phoenix write this? I guess I should ask. Well, the collectibles are mainly more so like not getting hit as well as collecting these little bits. Like, I guess throughout the level, they're interspersed in period, okay. like different periods of the song. You do see them as you go by them, but I may have reference to walk through. There's anything hidden. Let's just say that. I got gotcha. you. Okay. I just had to ask because I'm yeah. always curious because I know you like the 100% <laughs> games and I don't personally do that. So I always like to know how people go about 100%ing or what causes them to, what drives them to, what motivates them to do that. <laughs> well, for me, it was just, you know, just getting the whole experience. Like I just enjoyed the entire trip I had playing that game. Gotcha. It looks like fun too. I've seen screenshots and I think I saw a trailer for it. Uh, God, it had to have been a long while ago now since it came out. Did it come it out in out, January? I think it came out 2019. That's what I thought too. Okay. Okay. Early 2019, maybe. It kind of surprises me a little bit that you uh, that you played that and then 100%ed it, but I guess it's not terribly surprising. It wasn't a long game. Like You could beat it in a single sitting if you really wanted to, but I just okay. I really enjoyed it so much. I wanted to get more out of it. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So- I took some uh, some time during the pandemic, during quarantine to play some games that I wouldn't normally play. Um, I'm kind of ashamed to to say that I played Godfall. Uh, I don't even remember who made it, but it's this third person action. uh, It almost looks like it's trying to be Dark Souls, but the gameplay is definitely the opposite of Dark Souls. It's like Destiny mixed with. Yeah. Devil I, May Cry, I suppose. I recall it was like shown at E3, right? That year, 2020. Yeah. And I just was really put off by the music choice. Like, I didn't think that fit at all with the gameplay they were showing. And I feel like overall, it was just not really a game worth really, you know, seeing more of. Yeah. I, yeah, you played it, though. Yeah, like I, I said, I, I normally wouldn't play it, but I was I really just wanted to try new stuff while I didn't have a whole lot else that I could do. Then uh, Godfall kind of counts for that. It was around the same time I was playing Immortals Phoenix Rising, which I only hesitate to bring up because it's another Ubisoft game <laughs> and I'm the anti Ubisoft guy. And now I've mentioned two of their games in the first 15 minutes of this yeah (laughs) first 15 minutes of this video or this episode and i i gotta say though immortals phoenix rising it takes assassin's creed and makes it fun like 
like it's a fun game. It's cartoony. It's humorous. It's it's meant to be played and not taken seriously. Hmm. It's a great game. I anybody who's ever liked an open world like Assassin's Creed style game, I highly recommend giving Immortals Phoenix Rising a shot. And the DLC in this game, I haven't played it yet, but the DLC is super interesting to me because each one changes the gameplay entirely. Like one of them, you're playing as a totally different character and going through a different story in a different setting. Um, and there's another, the, I think the most recent DLC for that actually changes it to a, an isometric perspective. So it's almost like you're playing a hack and slash Diablo. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard the camera didn't quite work as intended in a lot of scenes, but it's a rare instance of Ubisoft trying something new and they didn't market this game at all. Like hardly anybody was playing it. They did a little bit of a Twitch push uh, like the week leading up to release. But damn, I I'm blown away by how fun this game is and by how little people talked about it last year. You know, you touch on an interesting note, like I think 2020 in general, there really wasn't a lot of big name titles released that year, mainly because of COVID. Yeah. I, I think the only new release I bought day one was Last of Us 2, and that's it. That was the only thing I bought day one. There were, there's two games that I was going to talk about that I bought day one, and I'll just bring them up both now. One of them was Spelunky 2. Hmm. Um, that game I had to get day one, because I, I remember we talked about it two years ago on Pushing Buttons when the trailer was first released for Spelunky 2. I think that was when we were doing that back then, but... um. Spelunky is one of my all-time favorite video games. Spelunky 2 came out and most people really, really liked it. I just really liked it. (laughs) Didn't quite hold up, in my opinion. But PGA 2 or 2K21, holy shit, is that a random game to love? And I love that game. Mm. It is so fun. I made a character that looked exactly like me wearing a hat that I own and a t-shirt that I, or a button up shirt that I own. It blew me away how I got so into a fucking golf video game. I don't care for sports games, but this one hooked me. I think we need to put that as a thumbnail for this episode. Like the, <laughs> you know, like your picture of your golf picture, character. Like the side by side. Yeah. <laughs> of me and my, yeah. <laughs> that would be funny. Oh, man. Were there any games that you didn't expect to get into that you that you played during this last year? Yes. So, you know, continuing from January, I dabbled into Borderlands 3 with my younger brother. I played all of the content I could with him. And after that, I played Minecraft with you. Yes. That is a big one for me because this was right in the middle of it, like March, April, May. This was my first time playing it as well as yours. Yep. And wow, it really sunk its teeth into me. Like I was really not expecting that to grab me as much as it did. It helped that we were playing with, with Frank and the, the rest of the geek freaks, uh, discord crew. He was our mentor, which was Frank great. Was our mentor. He was, he was so patient with us too. Cause I know uh, he, he, I've heard him bring this up a couple of times when, you and I found like a huge pocket of gold and we're like, oh my God, look at all this gold. We're going to be so rich. It's like, uh, guys, gold doesn't really do anything in this game, but he's like just letting us go at it and having a good time with it. Yeah. The diamond hose is what we called ourselves. Yes. That was by accident too. Cause I was, I put a picture frame above our, the entrance to our castle 
and I accidentally placed a hoe on it thinking I had a pickaxe because I was trying to move the, the, the picture frame, but I accidentally put the hoe up there instead. So I'm like, you know what? We're the diamond hoes now. That's, that's us. <laughs> I think just the fact that it was a diamond hoe was alone not very common so it just came naturally <laughs> exactly oh, yeah that i accidentally crafted that trying to craft a pickaxe and then i tried to oh man it was just a double screw up that led to the best name for a for a faction i think ever which honestly should have been the name of this podcast if we didn't already have pushing buttons diamond hose, diamond hose podcast i, I think that huh. kind of pigeonhole us into a bit of a a minecraft uh subsect of podcasting yeah, that i don't sub-genre. i don't want to yeah, I don't want to touch that with a <laughs> with a ten foot diamond hoe. <laughs> so I, I've noticed that you've kind of got your list in more of a chronological order. I do. Yeah, I, I'm kind of uh, just all around the place. Um, Minecraft was a big one. That was a fun one to play with a group, especially with uh with Frank trying to show us the ropes, but not tightening the leash too much. I should add, um, we also got the Ender Dragon too. Oh with yeah, this health. Yeah. That, oh my god, that was that was a that good was moment. an adventure. We got so lost after that, looking for our wings. Yeah, the Nether. Yeah, or yeah. was that the end? What, what was it called? Is it called the Nether? No, that was in the end. The Nether is where you go through the portal and you're in like the volcano-y place. The one where babies scream at you all the time. <laughs> yeah, that was shocking too. I was like, "What the hell is this survival horror shit?" I was like, "Holy crap!" I just want to bring up bring up the fact that we're both in our 30s and we both played Minecraft for the first time in 2020. Yes. That's what that's what this this quarantine time did for us or did to us, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you know, throughout uh, the I, years, we heard so much about it, but we never really gave it a chance. Yeah, and we it didn't did. appeal to me. Exactly. Yeah. And playing it, it's like crack. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I, I couldn't it's stop kinda- playing it. It's it's a lot how a lot like how uh, World of Warcraft is it's that kind of exactly. not for me personally, but for, for me. Uh, yes. And for other people that get hooked <laughs> on it. I, that's why EverQuest was called EverCrack for so long, <laughs> because it was it was so addictive to people. And yeah, it's uh, Minecraft is the is pretty much the same way. It's it's crack. It's super addictive. And once you get out, I recommend staying out. It's the gameplay <laughs> loop, I think, like just that feedback from breaking down an item and building something with it and how seamless that was. Yeah. I think that's what contributed the most to my enjoyment of it. And the, the physical representation of your achievements in the game, like the more you do, the more the like the cooler intricate designs, your, your house or your castle would, would look. So you have like the physical representation of your progress as well as the, the, the more practical application of it with the tools and the weapons and, being able to kill the ender dragon and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. And also the scale and the scope of the game, like how big the world is massive. It's, I mean, at the time I was like, World of Warcraft was the biggest game I ever played. <laughs> Minecraft feels infinite. I was like, I, yeah, I, I think that's the, the point of it and games like it, like even Terraria to some extent or Starbound games like that are meant to feel kind of endless and infinite. Uh, Starbound kind of took a turn when they added a a proper quest line that eh, I didn't care for that. But <laughs> yeah, that was that was fun. I really enjoyed that. That's probably my favorite game of the pandemic. I'm going to say that was my most uh, random love 
<laughs> during the pandemic. And that's not to mention that I got married during the pandemic. I should <laughs> Yes. So did I. Yes. Oh yeah, that's that's true. We both got married that's during 2020. That's a big 2020. highlight for us. Yeah. Yeah. That's a it's a level up for sure. So I'm guessing you played World of Warcraft. I did. Um basically a side effect of the pandemic is I watched more Twitch streams. Yeah. Same. And I know this may be controversial, but I really enjoy Asmongold stream as a wild WoW player. He just said all the right things made me enjoy the game again. And I became a mount farmer just like him. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, right now I'm at about 450 mounts, which is huge. Not as big as his collection, of course, but the game, I just really got back into it during this time. Because this was, you know, the end of BFA, Battle for Azeroth. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> and uh, Shadowlands was coming out. And this looked to be the end all expansion. Like it was promising a lot. Now, of course, it ended up falling flat. You know, we're seven months into patch 9.0, and 9.1 is finally coming out on Tuesday, which is like, dear God. Wow. <laughs> but I really enjoyed picking up the game again, like relearning my class. I play a hunter, of course. I just really enjoyed that aspect, like exploring all the old content for another time. So when you play, are you a retail guy or you're a classic guy? I am retail. In general. I, retail? Okay. I did classic. I also played TBC back when they were first live. The Burning I, Crusade. Yes. Yeah. Hey, you know that one. <laughs> I did, yeah. I actually knew the Battle for Azeroth, too. I just wanted to act like I didn't. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> um, my mentality was I've been there. I've done that. I'd rather do something new. And, of course, I play 9.0 since the beginning, so that tells you a lot right there, <laughs> which is crazy. But, yeah, for me, I just feel like I'm really enjoying the world because the world we're currently living in is god-awful, and I need that yeah. escapism. And that's what watching streams as well as playing WoW again did for me. I, uh, I've actually ne- I, I've seen Asmongold one time and it wasn't even on his stream. I saw him recently on a uh, like a game show of it was OTK schooled. Oh, yeah, he I've was seen on. that one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I watched that specifically because I'm a I'm a Northern Lion fanboy mm-hmm. through and through. And Asmongold just happened to be on that episode. I'm like, oh, this is the the Tom Green lookalike that Kyle's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing that I thought about is that he kind of looked like Tom Green. I don't know. I didn't really form any opinions of him based on his OTK schooled <laughs> uh, outing. But yeah, each their own. Um, I got into an MMO during this, which was kind of surprising to me. And that was Star Trek Online. Oh, yeah. That game has been out. And that game's been out for a while, but they're still updating it. Really? It's crazy to me. And that game is pure fan service. Everything about that game is just fan service. It's it's not a fantastic game to play. Like if you're not a Star Trek fan, stay away. You you won't get anything out of the the basic (laughs) gameplay of this. Uh, The the movement and the 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 gunplay, phaser play, I guess. Combat is wonky. The UI leaves a lot to be desired, but being able to level up and get the next big ship, like when I got to captain and I was able to get 
a galaxy class ship. I'm like, holy shit, I can I can fly the Enterprise D. I can I could be Captain Jean-Luc Picard and you can modify your uniforms and of course microtransactions so you can buy uh, different uniforms and different ship parts and it's it's pure Star Trek fan service and it is it's really fun. If you're if you're into Star Trek, if anybody listening is into Star Trek, I recommend playing that game while listening to Trek Freaks exclusively on the Geek Freaks podcast station. <laughs> I like the little <laughs> plugs there. Uh, yeah, fun game. I didn't expect to get into it. I haven't played it in like a month or two now, but it it definitely got me through a small portion of of quarantine. Yeah, during that, when was this, by the way, when you were doing that? I do not remember. I don't have much of a timeline for when I play oh, these games. Okay. It all kind of just jumbles together. I mean, it had to have been the end of last year, beginning of this year. Well, that's another thing, too, is that the days really blended together. Yeah. Because they still we were stuck inside. They still kind of are. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was going to talk about this a little bit later, but since we're kind of talking about the ramifications of it, I want to talk about now, like even this podcast. We probably wouldn't have brought this podcast back if it wasn't for for quarantine, for the pandemic. I would say that's uh, true. If there, yeah. Yeah. Because we had discussed years ago about doing this over Discord and it was like, no, it's, it's not really feasible. The editing of it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to do. But now with uh, Frank doing all of our editing, we're free to do <laughs> whatever doing we the want. Heavy lifting, yeah. <laughs> exactly. We just get to have fun talking about video games. And, well, another uh, interesting fact is when we first recorded our series, we did it, you know, from work. Yeah. We all and met up in person. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Now I don't even work at the same place anymore. And right. We, we hardly ever see each other because of the, the pandemic. Exactly. So, like, I, I'm perfectly fine doing this over discord now, which is, it's easy. Something I didn't, it, it really is. It's, I mean, it really opened my eyes to how simple it can be. Yeah, and I honestly, that's why I was talking about PGA 2 or 2K21 and Minecraft and Godfall and even Star Trek Online. It's just things that I never would have tried. Now we had time to try and now there's like no reason not to. It's like, what's going to waste a half hour? So what? I've got 47 other half hours in the day. <laughs> 40, yeah, is it? Yeah, it's it's crazy what it led to, but. Yeah. I mean, it led to a lot of exactly good things, though. I mean, there are a lot of different things that, you know, we probably wouldn't have played were it not for the pandemic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like for you, maybe it was the golf game, you know, and. Yeah, 100%. I mean, for me, yeah. a big one was D&D. I started that in November last year with Frank, as well as a couple other mutual friends on our Discord. And wow, that we're still playing to this day. We just had our, you know, session on Friday this past week. And you guys stream that over at twitch.tv slash podcast, right? Yeah, Frank streams it uh, usually at 8 p.m. until however long it goes on till like three or four hour sessions. But it's been a blast to play. Yeah, it's, it seems like it. I haven't wanted to commit myself to doing it uh, personally, but I love watching it. I'm definitely there for at least the first few hours of it watching every week. And yeah, let's get up to some crazy shit, too. Like the, your guys' DM. <laughs> Richard, yeah, your guys fantastic. Dungeon Master. Yeah. yeah, he the way he's able to modify what he's doing based on you wanting to always ram orbs into your <laughs> fucking skull is impressive. So, it's like next level storytelling. Little detail. I play a dwarf fighter 
who recently became a Psy Warrior. And I've been placing these orbs of power that I've been laying in the open into my forehead because that just seemed <laughs> to make sense. Kind of like in the Diablo cinematic at the end yeah. there. And put, this shoves the soul stone into his head. Yeah, exactly. It just seemed to make <laughs> sense at the time. And I've gotten stronger because of it. So there you go. Yeah. And honestly, I think that uh, his ability to kind of adjust what he had planned on based on your <laughs> wanting to shove an orb into your <laughs> into your head <laughs> is what makes it great. It's a great watch. I recommend watching it. And I, I would like some company in the chat when I'm watching that, too. So yes. come join us. Kevin <laughs> needs great. company. Yes. <laughs> Always. <laughs> That's yeah, that's the other thing is I did watch a lot more Twitch streams during this during this time. And I know we talked a little bit about it on an episode of Geek Freaks not too long ago about how uh, watching something can lead to playing something. And that's honestly with PGA Tour 2K21. That's what did it. I saw a couple of guys playing it and I'm like, this looks like a lot of fun. So that's why I gave it a shot because I ended up watching it. Indeed. Yeah. I mean, uh, for me personally, I didn't really do too much discovery in regards to gaming i kind of just stuck with the tried and true what i'm used to but at least for you it's good to hear that you kind of went out of your comfort zone a little bit oh but don't think that 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 was exclusive because i played the binding of isaac repentance which came out oh, true. during yeah during this and i'm a big <laughs> binding of isaac guy and yes the, i pl- i played the shit out of repentance when it came out i also played a lot of satisfactory mm-hmm. and if you've ever listened to an episode of pushing buttons listeners out there uh, you know that I'm a I'm a satisfactory fan. Uh, Frank and Jonathan both are too. Uh, a couple other guys from our Discord. Shout out to Fly Pirate and Scott. They're big into that as well. Um, satisfactory is a very fun game, and it was a great game to to get back into during this time. There are a lot of updates to that game since the last time that I had played it, and there's just a lot more to do. And I still haven't even seen everything that there is to do in that game. Yeah, for me, I. I think uh, Minecraft would be the biggest venture I took, but for Satisfactory, I I don't know why, but I just couldn't really dig the aesthetics of it. Can you explain more why that gripped you? Yeah, I think I can try to explain that. I it's just it's different than Minecraft. It's not like you're just building stuff for the aesthetic of it. You're building stuff with a function, and it's if you're into math. <laughs> <laughs> Which sounds crazy. Which I'm not. It's like, I'm into math. I'm going to play a video game. <laughs> <laughs> I do that for uh, my job. So that's, I think that's the biggest reason why I was turned off from it. <laughs> the thing that I liked the most about playing Satisfactory was in my mind trying to figure out how many I- specific items I wanted to produce per minute, find out how many raw resources and then subcomponents on the way it was going to take to build that, and then making a spreadsheet of how much of the raw resource I needed and how many of each type of building, like how many uh, refiners and how many assemblers and how many uh, just other buildings and components that I needed along the way to build what I was going for and seeing it all work out and you flip the, the electricity on and just everything works and it's smooth. The belts are running smooth. You're getting everything output the way that it's just so it's like power washing simulator. I, it's just, Seeing nothing turn into something and knowing that you did it is just so satisfying to me. It's satisfactory. You lost me at spreadsheet personally. <laughs> you need a spreadsheet to <laughs> play sure. the game? That's crazy. You don't need it. No, you don't need it. It's just it's 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 a lot of I 
there are online calculators that most like hardcore satisfactory players use to figure out what they're going to build and how they're going to build it because the game's all about efficiency. So it's trying to figure out the fewest amount of resources and buildings that you need and space to take up to make what you want. And the we don't know what the story is leading to because the game's still in early access. It's not done yet. But all the while you're shooting resources into space via this big old space needle thing. And we don't know what is going to be the outcome of that. We're just like, yes, sir, here's another 100 computers or whatever. Here's a bunch of electric motors. Just take them, space gods. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you bring up efficiency. I think that's something interesting to touch on. Uh, I think the pandemic really made us all hyper aware of how efficient things really are to keep our world going. And you see that in gaming, like in particular, I think the main reason why the communities in Warcraft are kind of dwindling is because people have solved these metas. And you see that with WoW Classic and now WoW TVC, like there's like a hyper awareness of class efficiency. and. I think that's starting to translate over into single player games too. Because with everything in our world, we have to get things going to make society function. And now gaming is, I'm kind of starting to see a trend there as well with metagaming in general. So are you talking about like class builds and stuff? Yeah, exactly. So th I think that's always been a thing. Maybe it just wasn't so much a uh, mainstream thing as it is now but for like diablo growing up that was always the thing is here's the best amazon javelin class mm -hmm. spec or here's the best uh, hammer paladin spec uh, that, i think that's always been a thing i just personally avoid them because i want to make my own mistakes and experience no, the good. game how i want to experience it i think you know we're so experienced now as gamers we can't help but gravitate towards that yeah i want to be the very best. Yeah. But in this case, it's like everybody always was. <laughs> it's not the Pokemon theme song. It's a little different because if everybody's, you know, specking the same, how is there any enjoyment out of it? I get the right. I can see the the appeal in being the one to figure out what the best spec is for a class and posting it online. It's like I did all the math. I figured this out. This is the absolute best way to do this. And sharing that online, that would be fun for me, but I just don't have the time or motivation to do that. Yeah, and I use Satisfactory as an example. Like That's a game about being the most efficient to get the most resources to accomplish your goal. Minecraft is kind of like the opposite of that, I feel like, and that's why I enjoyed it so much. For me, with Satisfactory, the difference was coming up with the, the resource, coming up with that myself. Hmm. Like, I wouldn't look at somebody else's designs or look at somebody else's specs on stuff. I did it myself out of my own head. And then I kind of equate it to programming. I really enjoyed programming. I wasn't great at it, but the thing that I like doing the most is when I'm done with like 120 lines of code to make a little square move across the screen and then figure out, well, shit, I could have done that in seven lines and figuring out what that connection is that i missed the first time mm. and figuring out how to make it more efficient just i don't know that's that's all the dopamine i need man <laughs> <laughs> it just makes my brain happy <laughs> and i was going to mention also uh did you try out any like other indie games 
at all during the pandemic, aside from Spelunky 2? I'm sure I did. Probably not a whole lot that I spent any number of hours with. Uh, nothing really rings to mind with that. Um, I did try a game from my backlog. Hitman 3 came out during the pandemic. Oh, and sure. I still hadn't played that one. But I did, when that came out, I went back and played the Hitman 2016, I want to say. And then the sequel, Hitman 2. It's hard to refer to them as Hitman 1 and 2 because <laughs> there's another iteration of Hitman and Hitman 2. But the, the new version of Hitman really clicked with me. I, I really enjoyed trying to figure it's It's a puzzle game, essentially. It's it, trying to figure out a route or a method to assassinate some people without getting detected. Or you can get detected and just shoot yourself out of it, but not shoot yourself, but shoot out of the situation uh that game is a lot of fun once again i think it's for now that i'm thinking about it it's kind of for the same reasons trying to trying to figure out the most effective method of going through a level and going through your objectives efficiently and effectively without failing and something about that type of gameplay just is so satisfying and holy shit mind blown PGA Tour 2K21, trying to figure out the best way with different weather effects and different <laughs> clubs to try to get to the hole in the fewest amount of shots. Dude, it's, that's all it is. That's all you need that's for life me to now. like your game. That, I, that is life. It's trying to be more efficient, more effective. That's what this podcast is turning into for this episode is how Kevin loves efficiency. Let's get it done. <laughs> uh, have you had any like stark realizations about yourself and your... Uh, how you play video games or what type of games that you like oh, to play man. during the last I have a great year or so. So there was a big game in 2020. It was promising the world and then some. It's called Cyberpunk oh, yes. 2077. I'm glad this got brought up. Yeah. Uh, this was a game that's been on my radar since the teaser trailer was announced in 2012. And this was before Witcher 3. And I played Witcher 3 Phenomenal game. And Cyberpunk was looking like the next revolution in gaming. Like, I was banking on this. Like, this is a world with complete freedom. Like, more so <laughs> than... Yeah, I mean, Hitman's a really good example because you can choose how you want to play. And there's that AI manipulation of trying to solve puzzles and mm -hmm. use the environment to your advantage. Cyberpunk looked like that on steroids, okay? <laughs> This was like huge for me. I was like so ready for this game. And then it came out. And we know the story there. I'm not going to get into that. We all know what happened. But I actually played another cyberpunk game called Ghost Runner. And man, did that deliver. Yes. That came out shortly before cyberpunk. I think in October, actually. And man, that really took me by surprise with just how awesome it was like this was a big release for me in 2020 because before i named celeste as like one of my all-time favorite games like a platformer with action fast-paced you know replayability like exceedingly fast replayability and that's what ghost runner was and it was like that hit basically it's Super Meat Boy meets Mirror's Edge is how I've explained that game in the past. But it was that whole blend of cyberpunk aesthetic and the music was so good. 
The OST yes. is incredible. Heck yes. And I played that before Cyberpunk released to get kind of get like prepared for it. Wow, that game did oh. not disappoint. It was so I mean it had its problems, sure. Like the boss battles weren't really the best, but just cruising through the game and just learning the mechanics of it. It was just such a really well done game for how short it was. And this is in comparison to Cyberpunk, which was promising to be this huge open world, massive game. And Cyberpunk just fell flat, and Ghost Runner, I think, just kind of took it from CD Projekt Red. Yeah, I think you, you're probably comparing apples to water bottles here, not even apples to oranges. Well, you're just yeah. they're, they're two I, totally I, I can separate. See that. <laughs> but you make a good point because Ghost Runner came out of nowhere. And it's a small developer that, that made the game. Um, they, they had a publisher, but it wasn't a big publisher. I think it was. Uh, ah, I don't I don't I'm not know sure it was yeah. off the top of my head. I think one more level was the developer. Something like that. Um, either way, they've announced a sequel and we talked about it on Geek Freaks a few weeks back, I think, at this point. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm super into that. I didn't play the game, but I mentioned on that episode how I watched you play it. And man, I I played the demo to that, and then I I hyped up the game enough to the point where you finally uh, got it, exactly. and, and then I was able to watch you play it. It was <laughs> it was great. Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. I think you you knew my opinions on it way before it came out. I thought yep. it was gonna be basically No Man's Sky, like it was gonna be this thing that promised the goddamn universe, which it did. And yeah. When it launched, it was nothing. Yep. I I always viewed. I think. We probably once again talked about this on Pushing Buttons years ago. I think I was comparing it to a first-person Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, we... was basically how, how I saw we it. We talked about the E3 presentation. Yeah. The huge gameplay I, demo that they released. And, you know, ironically, it didn't even amount to that at all <laughs> on release. <laughs> I had my... I played Cyberpunk 2077. Um, I bought it knowing what I was getting into, though. So I wasn't disappointed because I thought the game was going to be like a little mix of Deus Ex mixed with a little bit of GTA. And I liked Deus Ex. I don't care for GTA. So I'm like, all right, this will be a fun game. And yeah, it was it was it was fun. It was like Fallout, but it was like Fallout 4. I was going to say it was like Fallout, but worse. But that's Fallout 4. So <laughs> it was like Fallout 4. OK, that makes just in a sense. different setting. That's a good comparison. It was. Yeah, it wasn't a great game. Um, it was bugged to hell and back again. Released way too early, oh, yeah. ironically, from how much they delayed it. Um, I, I just tempering expectations, I think, or my uh, what, me tempering my expectations for what that game was going to end up being led to me enjoying it. I never finished it because. Fuck that. <laughs> I don't finish most any game anyway, but I was it was it was a lot more fun than what some people gave it credit for, I think, because they were expecting the world, basically, this, like me. Yeah, they were expecting this revolutionary first person RPG with everything being customized and everything reacting to your every move and decision. And that's definitely not what the game was. It was just That's a, another topic for another time. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. It's we could talk all day about it. It's already been talked to death. Mm -hmm. And just want to 
ended on saying Ghost Runner is a fantastic game. I highly recommend it. I'm very much looking forward to watching you play the sequel. Yes, that will happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, my list is just about actually, yeah, my list is over. Do you have any other last minute ones um, that you want to talk about before we get out of here? You know, I'll bring up the backlog once because, you know, during the pandemic, I didn't really buy a lot of new games. I just kind of saw what was already in my library. Yeah. Good time to play through your backlog. Yeah, I played A Plague Tale Innocence. That was a really great game. I loved it. The story was really good, and the gameplay, while not revolutionary, it, it did nothing well, where it just was an overall really enjoyable experience. Uh, if, for those that don't know, it's the game where you're chased by rats, basically. Um, it's a simplified version of it, but yeah, that's, that explains it. <laughs> but uh, the sequel just got announced to E3, so I'm really happy about that. I think it'd be really cool to see where it goes next. Um, I also ended up digging out a very old game. I played Singularity. This was That is an old game. Came out in 2010. Yeah, it was something I bought like maybe 2013 or something. Never played it. And I just decided what the hell. And this was like probably during December of last year. So it was pretty recent, not too recent. And uh, it was not the greatest game. It definitely had flaws, but it was a fun distraction. Really short game. And I also played Quantum Break by Remedy. How how did you enjoy that game? That's the like, I, I never played it, but that's the game that's very uh, cinematic, right? This was Remy's game before Control, which I haven't played yet. Um, it was a cinematic game. It was kind of like a Telltale style game where your choices mattered, and you would get different things, like experiences or story beats based off of your decisions. And it was pretty good overall. I really enjoyed the gunplay as well as the time mechanics that you can manipulate the enemies with. I think uh, compared to Alan Wake, I didn't enjoy. It as much as that. Alan Wake was really fun for the time. And I haven't played Control yet, so I want to eventually get around to it. But for what it was, I actually really enjoyed the acting as well. I think the cast was really good. And yeah, it was fun for what it was. Nice. I'm, I'm kind of surprised that you haven't played Control yet. Because even I've played a little bit of that, and usually you get to those games before I do. I, I usually buy them like when they're relatively new and then don't touch them until they're $5 on the bargain bin somewhere. But well, this, I'm surprised. This was my plight in 2020. I've been looking to build a new PC, which I did. But the graphics cards are basically impossible to find unless you're yeah. lucky or you're a scalper. One of the two. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I built my new PC in September of last year in preparation for Cyberpunk, actually. And I could not get my hands on the graphics card. So that's why I kind of dialed it back with new releases. And I've been diving into older stuff. I'm still rocking the GTX 1070 if anybody knows their stuff. Which is (laughs) surprisingly holding up pretty well, despite everything. That's a reliable card. And we forgot to talk about a big game in the pandemic on the Nintendo Switch. Animal Crossing. Yeah, I didn't play much of it. I did. My wife and I, that was pretty much our 
honeymoon, really. Now that I think about it, because we got married in Valentine's Day, and then that came out the following month, and we just really got into it. I played it hardcore maybe for like three months, and then I put it down for good. So I didn't get to see nice. all of the holiday celebrations and whatnot, but that was basically my little getaway from real world, except for World of Warcraft, of course. Naturally. Yeah. And yeah, uh, I really enjoyed it for what it was. Like it was the best Animal Crossing game since the GameCube version. I didn't really enjoy the City Folk one or the New Leaf one on 3DS. So this was a great return to form for the franchise, in my opinion. And uh, overall, I just was really happy with what it delivered. What was it specifically about Animal Crossing that that hooked you? Was it just the escapism of it? it? It's mainly that, because when you're playing it, everything is simplified version of real life, except, you know, the only thing that really carries over is being in debt. And that drove <laughs> me to get out of debt because in real life I'm in debt it sucks so I could at least accomplish some semblance of a goal virtually in a video game and that right was all the more satisfying once completed and uh, I don't know about you but I think that's about near the end of mine as well yeah I, I think I'm about wrapped up I'm super curious what other people got into if uh, anybody listening to this wants to let us know what you played or if you specifically if there's anything that you didn't see yourself ever playing that you gave a shot like we did with minecraft um i'd be really curious uh what other people got into during this this trying time and yeah and how they they coped with that thank you all so much for joining us on our uh re-return to podcasting um yeah this is going to be a fun adventure i'm looking forward to every other week talking with you kyle about our opinions ideas experiences and other such <laughs> nonsense about video games i almost busted out the entire old script but i'm like you know what nope this is this is new i always this remember our three new of them, podcast. i can't remember the fourth one okay that's why i didn't say it because i didn't remember the four opinions ideas ideas Concepts, experiences, concepts, experiences. Was it yeah, concepts? That's, it. that's yes, yeah. That was okay, it. That was okay. it. <laughs> oh man. Um, the other thing that I want to mention is if there's any call from you people listening to this for us to remaster old episodes and put it out there on the Geek Freaks podcast feed, let us know because I would be interested in listening to those old episodes myself. And if you guys want to listen to them. Uh, but on this feed, let us know because, yeah, you guys are already subscribed. And if you aren't, you should. Um, yeah, it, it was a fun time back then. More for more fun times coming ahead. And want to thank Frank and Geek Freaks for allowing us the ability to be on this this feed because this is fun. And encouraging the idea too. Like without his encouragement, we probably wouldn't have stepped up to the podium to give this to you all. So. Much love to Frank, as well as the rest of the geeks and freaks in our group. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks from now. Thanks for joining us. 